Hey, everybody. I'm Chad Eckert. That is Joe Idoni, tour picks. We're missing our producer. So you're, I'm the one clicking buttons. We're missing Josh Bennett, Jish Swish. Guy had a baby today. Yep. I'm Congrats breaking the news. He, he told me I could break the news, Joe. So that uh, cheers to Josh Bennett bringing a baby boy into the world. I believe it's Carson. We're going to have to wait for the confirmation on Carson, but he's here. He's arrived. He's alive. There he is. He's in the chat. Oh, good. Josh, you're in the hospital. Uh, boys, boys. Yes, we've all had boys for our first child. I mean, we've got golfer buddies for life. It's great. Yeah. Um, this is the Preferred Lines podcast. You can follow us each week on uh, Twitter. Probably seeing that there. You're not going to be able to communicate with us while we're live on there. You're going to have to switch over to the Preferred Lines YouTube page. Joe, I switched it over to there because we've got maybe you know some stuff cooking for where this show is going to end up ultimately. So it's over there for now. Uh, we are at the Genesis Invitational Riviera, baby. We're into the meat and the potatoes here. Come on. Yeah, Ooh. meat and potato season. Uh, back from... Back to L.A., right? Sure. So back for the final leg of the California swing before we come over to Florida. Riviera, classic, traditional, beautiful. Um, everything that we want and expect every week on the PGA Tour to be. The stars are out. Packed field. Good course. I'm fired up. Let's go. I'm excited, too. And like we said, chat along. We've got a new segment coming up at the end of the podcast. It's going to be fun, so stick around for that. Yeah. Before we get right into this betting board, which we like to do, I might have to just burden us with the conversation about Saudi golf, the Saudi Golf League. I don't know. Is that what it's called? Saudi Arabia's Golf League? I guess, yeah. <laughs> What's your take on it? Oh, well, so the news today has come out that, uh, well, I guess Travis Fulton, a guest of the podcast, a friend yeah. of ours, uh, he had Kramer Hickok on his podcast. And Kramer Hickok did not name names, but did put out there that there are 17 golfers considering a leap to this Saudi Golf League, which sounds like potentially could have a start in June and it could play 10 events in the United States alone, which is surprising to me. Um, the headliner of it all is that Bryson was someone rumored to have been given potentially maybe a quarter of a billion dollars to go over there and play. And he had denied it on Twitter. So all the things that have happened. This is kind of strange to me. I'm not really sure what to think. Ultimately, I'm not that, aware of it all i think this is all about money right joe yeah uh i listened to the hickok thing he actually did kind of call out bryson a little bit and said that he doesn't know anything about the deal with saudi but he knows that he's been very vocal in his displeasement with the pga tour also named phil so there are players that have grievances right there are players that are disgruntled at their boss like mm -hmm. in any business mm -hmm. um and are thinking the grass may be greener now what is greener is the amount of money that they will receive uh essentially just for playing so the numbers are rumored until we see a guy's deal mm -hmm. i think that's all speculative but uh i can see a lot of guys making the jump here um the, the, the hesitancy, I think, in a lot of young players is going to be, 
are they going to get into the majors, right? Hmm. Um, I tweeted out something earlier about Colin Morikawa. Basically, I was shocked that he didn't shut it down like Rory and and other players have. Um, He totally did not close the door on it and just said he wants to see some details on the offer. So, but look, Morikawa is trying to get majors, right? He wants, he's like, if they're going to tell him he can't play in majors, he's not going to do it. So they've got that workaround. Uh, I think a lot is yet to unfold with this. I'm sort of nervous about giving a definitive take on it at this point. Joe, this is all smoke and mirrors, my friend. This is all bullshit. (laughs) I 1000% predict that all of these reports are going to come out false maybe like more of the rumor was there for sure and some you know writing was on the wall but ultimately i don't believe that there's ever going to be a saudi league i don't think that i think 17 players is such an arbitrary number that like kind of seems fake to me uh, someone's being paid, I think, to leak this stuff. Maybe P- Kramer Hickok himself has been his pockets have been lined to speak this stuff. Maybe Travis Fulton's in on it too. I don't know. I don't trust anybody. But ultimately, I don't think that this is going to happen. I think this is a really good move by the players, Phil included. He loves playing chess. He's felt like he has been shafted. He looks at Charles Barkley. He looks at these other players and these other leagues who have made millions of dollars. I guess. I don't know about Barkley's lost at all gambling, but at the same time, there are people out there that came up in his, you know, era, whatever it's called, <clears throat> that made so much more money. So all I'm saying is that Phil's playing chess. So what has caused, uh, what has happened from this is that it's caused the uh, executives, the CEOs, the people at the top of the PGA Tour to get together. There's a closed door meeting today, tonight, that they're going to be discussing some of this stuff. So it's working. So whether this is just, fake and or it is the saudis who are actually loving stoking the fire saying of course there's going to be a league of course we have 250 million dollars because then it's like wait saudi is real saudi has this saudi has that saudi this saudi that and then by the third or fourth time that you hear about saudi you're not even thinking about the real reason why it shouldn't happen, the humanitarian things that we don't really need to get into. But at the same time, you'll just be like, oh, wow, Saudi's trying real hard, you know, and they won't even maybe think about it. So they're, they're maybe this is a political campaign. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine that the PGA Tour has some sort of recourse here, but the players finally have a little bit of leverage. We don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Who knows? So much more has to come out. They'll restructure the payouts for the majors instead of getting $12 million as as the purse for the masters or whatever the measly amount is. uh, They're going to double that. They're going to have to, they're going to take the players and they're going to make it 75 million. Instead of 20, they're going to just throw money around. That's they're just going to have having to do that. So this is all about money. This is all about playing chess and pretending that you're actually going to take $250 million when you're really not ever going to do that. And that's why Bryson's kind of like, He's the perfect character for this whole thing, really. Could be. I mean, do we trust Greg Norman? Like, these people are money worshippers, in my opinion. Uh, I think the money is real. I just, I, I don't know enough about it, man. So, True. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's, it's clearly helped push the conversation to pay the players more. So, like. Yeah, I don't know if that's what it's about. Is not? I don't know. I mean, they're paid handsomely, right? They, they, yeah. I think that they would want some sort of guaranteed money a la like any other sport. But 
Um, I don't know, man. It's all so speculative right now until we see some actual like figures and data and yeah. I want to see a schedule of where the actual tournaments will be in the United States. These ten, I want to see a list of the seventeen names of people. I'd love to see that list, and then maybe we'll then take it more seriously. But for now, yeah. I just feel like it's just rumors and it's you know telephone almost, and it's it gets too early to, to even be talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so then should we? Yes. Talk about Let's the move on. tippity tip top. Sorry. <laughs> Here it is at the tippity tip top. It's John Ram Rodriguez. It's a freaking tournament and he's in it. So he's <laughs> and so there he goes. He's under 10 to one, but you can find him some places at nine, nine and a half, ten, maybe if you're lucky. But do you even try this out? Are we going to have what our guy uh, Farnsworth on Twitter said? This is the uh, the green on the roulette board. And eventually it's just going to wipe us all out. And Rom's going to win one of these, isn't he? Yeah, he's the, he's the zero and the double zero at this point. Yeah, it feels like we're kind of uh, playing Frogger a little bit with dodging uh, John Rom, but still not really bettable at that number, not in this field. If I'm going to take him, I would have taken him at that number at either Tory or Waste Management, where he has much better recent course history. Not that his game is set up poorly for any place. He was one of the best ball strikers in the field last week, couldn't make a putt. Um, there's a lot of guys like that this week who played really well last week and couldn't make a putt. I'd rather take some of them at a bigger number. Okay. Can we ask about some of the things that I've heard this week? You know, I do those narratives, so I I got my ear out to the ground. I'm trying to figure out what people are thinking about and making lineups about, and they're making lineups about masters correlation. Have you heard this one? Yeah, I have. Do you, do you agree with this? Cause if they, if this is true, how come Jordan Spieth's not being looked at more? So He's been up and down. You're right. How come he's not being looked at more? I think that the correlation doesn't really land necessarily with him. I think it does with a lot of other guys, with Bubba, with Scott, with um, Hideki. You see a lot of these crossovers. Cantlay competes well at both. Um, But then again, they're just the best players also. So that could be it as well. Um, I think it's a decent comp just because of how demanding of an exam it presents to the players in terms of tee to green game. Sure. it is going to separate the the weak from the best in the world. Um, that's why it's a, such a great golf course. I've seen quail thrown around as a comp. I've seen some places over in Europe. Um, look, I think the best comp is right there at Riviera. I think it's one of these stickier course history spots on tour. We have plenty of data to sort of back that up, and you can look at recent form there. And there's guys who just do things. Like what I was really kind of looking into this week is guys who do certain things better at Riviera than they do normally, like on a baseline PGA Tour. So scrambling, around the green game, putting. Um, There's certain guys who have figured this place out to a degree and are maybe average around the green players, but they're really good here. Um, so I think that you have to put something uh, of that into effect and yeah. and just know that there is that course history element to it where a familiarity with the greens and how the surfaces and the runoffs play around them uh, is a definite you know feather in the cap for you this week versus a normal. Okay, so wait, then did you bet anybody at this top of the board or have you pulled the trigger yet? I haven't yet. Okay. Have you? Well, my guy that I pulled the trigger on isn't on this list that I'm showing right now. I got to scroll a little bit down to find the first name that I use, and it's Xander Shoffley, actually. I'm playing Xander this week. Me too. Ooh. Great. Boom. I got we a, a yeah, We're due for one. a preferred win, dude, aren't we? Yeah, we're just due. I mean, there's a lot of guys you could say we're due on. So, Xander, 
I'm torn on this, man. I hate to freaking bury him, but I was so disappointed. I didn't even have a ticket on him. And when watching him, there were elements that were so disappointing in terms of what I saw last week, basically leaving everything short. But there are guys like I was so impressed with Sahith, and we'll talk about him yeah. later, but um, just playing to win, not leaving anything short. Brooks played terribly with a lob wedge and a pitching wedge. But one thing you know about Brooks, if he's got a 25-footer, he's running that thing by the cup if he misses it. For sure. Like he's not leaving it in the heart. And Xander did that a lot. That said, he struck it beautifully, T to Green. I thought better than anybody in terms of my eye test. I know that he is a good putter. And the shot that he hit on 18 out of that rough next to those bunker pews buried to like 10 feet giving him a chance yeah that shot would have gone down as one of the better shots we've seen the closed riv had he been able to hit the 10 foot putt um he didn't he missed out on the playoff by a hole he still got this monkey on his back we've seen how many guys have we seen get it off now right Scheffler, list hoagie all these guys are sort of um breaking through i think that he's next i like the number i'm in at 24 to 1 on xander you yeah, I found a 25. It's very juicy to me. Do you take anything into consideration? Like, how much is a caddy worth? Because he missed, he didn't have his caddy last week. He had that anxiety every night of waking up and having to do the COVID test, figure out if he was going to have to rom himself out of the tournament. Do you take, like, one stroke is worth, I mean, because then he's in the playoff. Two strokes, the guy's winning. It's unquantifiable, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's different for some guys than it mm-hmm. is others. Could it have helped him save a shot? Maybe. I don't know how much um, Austin reads putts for him necessarily, but it seems like that's obviously where he lost the tournament. Um, He lost the tournament the year before with chipping. So he's just been great, man. He's so good. He does everything really well. He's fourth in strokes gain total at this event. Um, He's going to score for you in DraftKings. It just feels like it's coming. And I equate him right up there at this point with, with Justin Thomas with DJ, yeah. with Morikawa, and he's the best number, so that's what I'm going with. Yeah, well, let's talk more about Xander later on. For uh, for now, let's bring up this comment from Greg. Greg Graham's asking, hey, Greg. "What's your goal and strategy to building a smart betting card? All in at the top, the big guys? Do you mix in a bunch of long shots? How do you build your card, Joe? We've talked about this a couple times, so it's a good refresher." Yeah, listen, Greg. I think it all kind of depends. You kind of got to. Iron that out for yourself in terms of of bankroll management. What I do, and I've I've said this a number of times, is you create a target number. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say hypothetically it's $1,000 that you want to win, right? I stagger all my bets to win 1,000. So I try to stick between like five and eight guys. So if I was betting Xander at 20 to 1 this week, I would need to put... 50 bucks to win a thousand on them. Did I do that math right? I think so. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Um, so if I'm betting a guy a hundred to one, then I only need to put 10 bucks on him to win a thousand this week. So um, basically I, I work my card back from that point, knowing that essentially if any of them hit, I will hit my target price. I have a pretty good idea based off betting off for the last eight or nine years that I know I'm going to hit a certain quota of winners throughout the season and as long as I do so, I should be able to, to end up making money. So that's how I build it. I've gone strictly toward betting 
only outrights and, and kind of done away with the top 10s and top 20s. It's worked for me. That said, uh, you know, I'm in a little bit of a bump in the road here. I've had a couple of weeks with, where I haven't come through. So that's the downside of it. Is yep. There's nothing to really mitigate that on saving it with, with an each way or a top 10 or a matchup. So you have to be able to sort of manage that accordingly. Yeah. I, I love how people tell people what to do with their money that's that's the funniest part like greg i'm not trying to tell you what to do with your money and you shouldn't listen to anybody on twitter either if they're trying to ridicule you for betting a dozen guys in a field of 120 who cares if you feel comfortable with it or if you want to go all long shots of course it's easy to bet a dollar on somebody and win 100 we did this last week with scotty scheffler baby after route two and it felt great like screw that i love posting that dollar bet makes people wonder and then i'm like what it's up to you greg but yeah ultimately Six, seven, eight guys, you know, if you have a gut feeling on the couple like this week, dude, Joe, this week, I am not going to lie. I got like four house bets, basically, because I got <laughs> I got four real good gut plays. So then I went heavier on those four, but then I'm not falling in love with many others. So then you just allocate your money in a certain way. Every week's different. So, yeah, and part of it depends on where the numbers are. Like last week, I had a lot of long shots. I thought there were really good numbers in those sort of deeper ranges um this week i'm probably going to lean more toward the top of the board so yeah i mean if you're betting rom right and you want to hit that 2000 mark you basically got to bet um to over a hundred dollars on him to hit to to win a thousand so that kind of if you're if that's your strategy for the week and you you have a conviction point on rom then you got to sort of taper off in other areas which is fine all right, let's add, let's add this betting board back in. If you're on YouTube, yeah. you can like and subscribe. We're going to be here each and every Tuesday evening. We're actually presented by Prize Picks. That's a segment that's coming up. We're going to get to them, the Prize Picks people. We talked about the top of the board. We're not that interested in many of these names. We're more interested in the Shoffleys of the world at the 25 to 1. I could fall in love with Rory if you can get it at 25. I can't really find it in a lot of places. I didn't fall in love with the chalk of the week, Zalatoris. Did you have any interest? I mean, why is everyone on Zalatoris? Is this? Is it his time to shine? I bet him. I know. I feel stupid betting these like chalk bets that everyone bets and then coming on here on Tuesday night and be like, I bet Will Zellatoris. You've only heard it 50 times this week. Right. Um, but I did look at 35 to one. He's just, it's screaming at me to take him. You know, when you've got Scheffler that breaks through in these other guys, it makes that an easier decision. Fifth in T to green, fifth in bogey avoidance, second in greens and regulation. He is unbelievable in these courses that demand a ton from you, from the tee to the green. His weakness obviously lies with the putter, and we've seen him putt well in these tricky sort of greens where there's a lot of three putts, a la Augusta, where he showed up and finished second as a debutante. Places like here, places like the U.S. Open where he's competed, we know that it's going to play firm and fast. I think that goes right into sort of his hands. It's just whether or not he can make enough putts. I think, look, when he's standing over a five or six footer at Riviera, I think it's a little like that's his weakness. And I think it might be mitigated a little bit because everyone's going to miss those this week. Right. Versus, you know, DJ and Hideki and and these other guys you would typically think are just going to brush those in with ease. They're all going to miss them. So I think his weakness is mitigated. I think his strengths are elevated. That's why I'm going to play him. What about the people, Joe, that play better on the West Coast than they do in Florida swing? There's there's something to that. Each and every year, you've got guys that are comfortable in California. Zalatoris fits the bill there. I love 
I, the idea of Rory's number at 22 and whatever, but I feel like he's more of the Florida swing bet. And like we, I bit on Brooks way too early when I should have just held out to tell waste management. We, we know this, this is how it works. Do you take advantage of this? You grab the Zalatoruses. There's other names that are California swing names. Do you take it onus into that? Yes. Um, I do believe that a lot of it is grass type, mm -hmm. which I know people make fun of, but any tour player um, will tell you that, right? The, they'll, the first thing they'll say is, I feel comfortable on Poe. I feel comfortable on Bermuda. That's where I grew up. That's where I practice. That's where I feel much better. Um, that's a big thing because the majority of these tournaments come down to whether or not you make enough putts. Um, that tournament on Sunday came down to Scotty Scheffler making a 25-footer and then Cantlay missing a 10-footer. Um, so that's where the difference in winning comes. I think it does make sense. Look, there's California guys. There's guys who grew up there. There's also like the Australian guys who are like <laughs> on that side of the Pacific who play well in California. And there's the European guys who are on this side of the Atlantic who play well in Florida. Yeah. Right. So, so the Poulters and the Fitzpatricks and the Rory's I bet and do. these guys show up to Florida and Bay Hill and Sawgrass and they compete and they win because um, I don't know. I think when they come over here, that's where they make their home. They're down here in Jupiter. They're in Orlando. Uh, so it just kind of makes sense. But yeah, the, the Aussies, the California guys definitely get a little bit of a nod uh, as we wrap up this West Coast swing. So then let me ask you, do you do like the negative to a guy who won last week? Uh, someone like Scotty Scheffler at 33? Does, does it just, does it give you a, he won. That's good. Should be good. Right. But then actually in your head, you're like, no, I'm not, he's never going to win back to back because it's rare. I don't like that narrative, but <laughs> I know that you do. So yeah, I'm going to kind of clear the stage here. Cause I know you love this narrative. Um, but I, it depends on the player. I think yeah. in some instances, and it depends on the event. Sure. I don't think Scotty's going to show up to Genesis, not ready to play this week. I think there was an obvious one with a guy like Cam Smith when he wins the tournament of champions and then has to play the Sony the next week. Of course he misses the cut. There Different. are like if Brooks won, um, if Brooks won the, the waste management or he wins this week, right. And then shows up to the Honda next week. He's not going to play very well. He's going to enjoy himself. He's not going to put enough attention into it. I, I, I feel like that's a little bit overblown, but where I, I know where you stand, but give me your sort of side of the coin. Well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of the actual event ends and these other people can leave. Whereas this human being has won and then they're obligated to do a bunch of work and a bunch of, uh, you know, interviews. And so they're then up till 10 o'clock doing Instagram posts and Twitters and shit. And then, they're doing the next morning. They're uh, their agents telling them you got to pick up an interview here. You got to do this there. And then all of a sudden it's Tuesday afternoon and they're like, oh, uh, I'm already behind a and I'm exhausted because I was in the final group probably <clears throat> if not Saturday and Sunday. So then by the time you get to Tuesday or Wednesday, you're just like, holy shit. And then the check hits and then you're like, oh, OK, do I really care about this stupid event anymore? Like, honestly, like this is true stuff for the Justin Rose level humans or other people that are at least have money. Now there are grinders. And of course, now we could talk about our guys Heath that did grind his way to a top five last week and is grinding himself into a tour card or whatever. I don't think he'll have a letdown. Do you think Sahith or somebody in the top five? Like I am betting Xander. 
because of the, his performance and because he had a letdown. I don't. I try not to put a plus or a minus mm-hmm. on anyone for it either way. Okay. So Heath, it could totally go either way. It could be. I have so much. I have all the confidence in the world right now in my game. I just proved to myself that I can do it. Like that's a relief in a sense where you know you can win a PJ Tour. If he doesn't get a bad bounce on 17, he probably does win that event. I mean, the guy was absolutely stone cold, and it was unbelievable to watch. He was basically – it was basically Sahith versus the entire United States Ryder Cup team in an, the rowdiest, most pressure-packed event, and he held the lead, and he steps on a tee with Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka with Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay and the group in front of him that he's waiting on the tee for, and then put, and, he, and he's hitting wedge when they're hitting nine iron, like – he was he played awesome. Oh, so good. You have to look at Tom Hoagie last week mm-hmm. coming off an emotional massive win. You would have expected a letdown. He was the number one point scorer in DraftKings per price point last week. So wow. he played awesome again. So you're able to sort of um ride a little bit of form. So, so I you're... put more stock into that than saying that um, you know, there he partied a little too much. And I know Scotty probably did, but I, I I think he's able to rebound quickly, and finally a relief has come that he's won a PGA Tour event, and he knows he belongs, and he's just going to continue to play well. So it's just like anything where it's 50-50, and half the time it's coincidental, and the other half of the time you're right. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's fucking annoying. That's just golf betting for you. Um, should we continue to look at the betting board? I mean, uh, yes. What what? Uh, okay, where is this? I don't love this middle range, Chad. I'll tell you right now. No, you didn't fall in love with the Fitzpatrick. You got Burns here, Sung Jay, Adam Scott, Xander, Bubba. No, no, Finau. You couldn't, you couldn't pull Finau. No, I didn't. I don't love anything really. Um, in in sort of the middle here, okay. Uh, It's, I have taken nothing at this point. My next bet is all the way up to 90 to one. Do you have anyone in here you can sell me on? Well, Sungjae, hello, Sungjae, forty to one. Yeah, what's up with him not playing? You know, I think it's something about the fact that he was probably told by veterans of the game and people that have played for years and years, like, bro, you cannot sustain this. You can't do this. And he, what I think is that he did take two weeks off at some point, at one point, and he came back and he was better, or he felt fresh, or then he could make another stretch run. Or he has he loves six events in a row, so he's got to pick his spot. And the sixth event could be at Masters. I don't even know at this point. So yeah, this, a, we're not smart enough to know, are we? He's a mystery to me at this yeah. point. He's the one guy that I I am can be sold on. Um, I'll run through the other ones. Burns I thought looked terrible last week. Yeah, see that's Scott cool. Watson, Spieth, Finau, Leishman. I feel like their numbers are all too short. I'd True. rather take two guys. Um, I'd rather be in the 20 to one range or the high twenties. I think they hold so much more win equity than these guys in the Mm forties. And then, you know, I I honestly wanted to bet Max Homa this week. I thought that he looked really good last week. Then I kind of looked into the stats and he did a lot of it with the putter. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't great. Taylor Gooch did a lot of it with the putter and struggled on Sunday. So there's nothing that that really, um, you know, that, that really got me here. Yeah, I guess I could see Paul Casey maybe winning, but he's not really a killer. What about your guy, Answer? No, he, he was so bad with the putter last week, too. That just ruined him. So I, I, I definitely consider it maybe on DraftKings or something. But, no, we, we're AP. We're always bet Patrick Reed, aren't we? Yeah. 
We're betting, so Patrick, betting Patrick, Reed. Patrick Reed. I mean, that's a ridiculous number. Like he, like you mentioned in your long shot video that he could easily show up. We don't know what these people are doing, how they're grinding. I mean, he's obviously angry at the way he's playing. This is just how Patrick Reed is and he operates. He could, he could still have bad statistics and end up having a good tournament. Truly. Yeah, he does. He does it a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he just finds a way. Like, even like if you look at his statistics, they're awful. But you look <laughs> at his finishes and like they aren't they're fine. Terrible, right? You I mean, know, 46 of the farmers was a bad finish, but he still made the cut and wasn't the worst guy there. He <laughs> lost strokes putting, which he almost never does. Second at the Bermuda in October. Like, I know that that field was terrible, but I also know that he has nine PGA tour wins in the last eight seasons. I also know that he won the Masters and was eighth last year at the Masters and eighth two years prior to that. So he has three top tens at the Masters. He was fifth or sixth at Quail Hollow last year, which other people are making a comp. Why can't he do it here in a place that everyone's going to miss a ton of greens and you got to have magic around them getting up and down? I see a scenario where things play out and they go right for Patrick Reed. And if he's finds himself in that scenario, I trust him to close that's why 90 to 1 makes sense to me. Even though it's it's like totally just a bet on uh hoping everything goes right to a certain degree. Sure. I think if he gets himself like over the hump and into late Saturday in contention, I feel really good about a 90 to 1 ticket on Sunday. Dude, I even opened it up and I was like 66 is fair. And then I saw it at like 80 and I thought that was fair. So I mean, we're you're whatever, you can see it there. It's all that. Uh, he's one of the houses I have basically this week is of course put a house on that. And then you got to put a house on Cameron Tringali at a hundred to one. Of course. Big number. You worried about the, the like apparent injury that he was dealing oh, with. Oh shoot. I, I didn't really consider that. He like, couldn't really bend over and then didn't say anything about it. And I'm sure the media will ask him no questions. No, they won't. Um, I won't know anything, but whatever. It's too late. I already made the bet. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think if he would have, he would withdraw before, the tournament we would think um but also i'll take another california kid at 100 to 1 that's maverick mcneely did you do that one nope why not i don't like maverick mcneely you don't no i don't like him <laughs> because he's got a billionaire father and he's too snotty i don't know i just don't have any reason to like him and i feel like okay. he's always um i don't know i feel like i didn't love how he was like number 1 in popularity and betting at pebble and everyone thought he won after like six holes and then oh. finished like 25th um yeah i don't know i'm just well 101 i think you know it's not it's bad 100. yeah i don't know whatever we'll figure it out at the end of the year and 101 i can hedge possibly um yeah so then who did you grab um thought about sahith not yep. gonna do it this week i hope yep. that um we can we can get him around that number and maybe some less strong fields that he may be able to break through all right so one thing that i noticed about sahith and this is important, I think, if you we run this show back to to maybe waste management in the future. He has a big miss to the right, meaning mm. he's like slicing across it. And that's his only miss, it seems like. He never missed left. So at right, at waste management, you're fine a lot of the time. Like the water on 11 is left. The water on 13 is left. The water on 15 is all to the left. The water on 17 is left. On 18 is to the left. There's like mm. space to the right. So I think sure. that was like a perfect setup for him, which mm. I hope to keep in the memory bank. I put it in my notes for next <laughs> year. 
Um, but I'm not sure if that plays out the same way at Riviera. There's two guys that I took in this range. Adam Hadwin. Um, okay. Three top 25s in his last four starts. Three top 25s in his last four starts. Also at Riviera specifically. I think that he's got a hot putter. I think he played really well last week with the exception of kind of a disappointing Sunday. And Francesco Molinari, uh, member at Riv. Yep. Hoping for a comeback. We always see him play well in California. That's basically the only spot we see him play well anymore. This is the final stand. You're hitting, you're hitting buzzword bingo, though. That's what Molinari's buzzword bingo is. He's a member here, and he's a California guy. There it is. There he is. Well, There's right. narrative. What about Lefty uh, McIntyre? We got to ask. I'll ask Quagnus Martins on the golf guys if he's going to click in Lefty McIntyre because he's a he's a bomber kind of guy and he's pretty good at golf. And he's a lefty. We've had lefties go well here. Yeah. So, dude. All right. So that's about it, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I bet Doc Redman. He's four hundred oh, one. Five hundred. We loved. No, he was four hundred one. Oh shit. Okay. Well, he's five hundred. And we forgot about him. And he played yeah. well at the Farmers. Oh, and he no. played okay at Pebble. I think. So okay. he's made back-to-back cuts. He had – so I dug into the 2017 amateur here. Hmm. What? Um, oh, did he win here? Who won that one? He did. Oh, he yeah, did. it was him. And he – like the actual like play-by-play of how it went down was insane. So they went to the first 18-hole match with Doug Gim, and he like tied it at the very end, won the last three holes of tie. So they played another 18, and he needed – Basically, Eagle on 17, or it was over. Doug Gim won the U.S. Amateur. He eagles 17, then he needs birdie on 18 to win, and he makes bird. So he finished eagle birdie to win. By one. By one over Doug Gim, and apparently he just made everything. So uh, maybe vibes are right. 401 is just a massive number in a 120-man field. Uh, That's just an absolute well, he was nine under at the North Course at Tory the other day. I saw. Who knows, man? Maybe I don't know. He seems he okay. He likes long courses. We were okay. betting him like thirty-five to one last year. He was, and, and it was like, oh my god, Doc Redmond. And I trust me, I said it is like the ball striking wizard of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Was like ball striking, Doc Redmond. Everyone's talking about ball striking this week, and he's four hundred to one. So who knows? Let's take it. Okay. That's all I got, buddy. All right. Well, Joe, uh, for the house bet, we've been waiting for a moment like this to take Xander with the house bet, of course, at 25, because he's always been 18, 19, 20 to 1. And now he finally has the second best strokes gain T to green outing of his career where he putted poorly. And that's the equation, usually. Yeah, good equation. So I'm going for it. And you're going for it. It's going to be a pod win. It's going to be great. Let's go. Uh, we have a friend of the program now. Is they're the uh, prize picks people, Joe? Yes, I love prize picks. Okay, so uh, you're new, or uh, you're not new. I'm new. I haven't done it yet. Now you can go to the prize picks and you can use our new promo code. It is uh, PL100, and it's going to give you a match to a hundred dollars, dude. So you put in a hundred, you get a hundred. That'll help us. That'll help them. That'll help you find fun. Because this is the newest, simplest way to play fantasy sports. You just pick two to five people, and then you could 10x your money, I guess. I'm not sure about this. They tell me that there are no sharks. You don't need an optimizer. There's no mass multi-entry. You're not playing against some expert. You're playing against the house, and sometimes the house is wrong. 
I'm told. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about this? Are you doing that? Yeah, they have this like power play, which is basically a parlay. What's cool about it is you can kind of bet over under strokes and like you okay, need that category. So uh, greens in Green. regulation, which oh. I thought was a good one this week. Here, I'll give you a couple of my. So you've made my... some already. Yes, I have some. So one that I have actually I thought was good. And I know we bet Patrick Reed, but his over under strokes is 70. Um, I think the over makes a little bit of sense there, maybe a little bit of a hedge, but greens and regulation. So greens and reg here is an insanely low number by PGA tour standards. They are very tough to hit. Ooh, okay. Um, there's a I'm couple of guys. I think it's important to like in these type of fantasy things to, to kind of fade the best players, honestly. Mm. So if you take like Thomas Morikawa Johnson, they all have, uh, over under 12 greens in regulation Good. and you go under on any of them i think it makes sense that they hit 11 i think tour average is uh right around just above 50 percent oh, i see so you put in three guys and it turns into a parlay yeah so you can do uh, either a parlay or individual it will kind of dial yeah. that up for you but a hundred dollars well, let's promo. just say we hate all of the best people and when we think they're gonna all go and you just click under 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 and this is only round one yes Oh, cool. Okay, so this is just round one, so we're not committed that much. So they're giving you 60 bucks off your 20. Yes, but then you can do the power play on the app. I don't know if you see that. Oh, I see a power play. Okay, so what yeah. is this? Okay, so you got to get four correct, and you can win. Oh, I see. So you decide if you want to use your flex play at that point. You get – Yep. And then you can use power three play. Out of four, four out of four, so – yeah, it's a cool way to check it out. We appreciate them stepping up to be a new presenting sponsor of the show. Mess around with um, I might yeah, even do a show, Joe. We should do it. free bucks. 100 bucks, right? How can you beat that? Joe, this sounds fun. And uh, we're always looking for new things to do to try to spice up the program. So you're going to want to sign up for that. You're going to want to go to the Prize Picks app, download that. You're going to use the promo code PL100. You're going to get some money into there because we're going to use that. We're going to play with that. Uh, we're going to do a better job of doing that in the programs under 30 minutes. Now it's 38. And I got to get to my Golf Guys program without Jish with Eric Quagnus Martins. But Joe, uh, we tell everybody where to find you and where to find you tomorrow night and all that stuff. At Tour Picks on Twitter. That's where 100% of my stuff is. It's all free. It's all for you. Uh, thanks for checking out the show. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.